0: It helps, now and then, to step back and take the long view. The kingdom is not only beyond our efforts, it is beyond our vision. We accomplish in our lifetime only a tiny fraction of the magnificent enterprise that is God's work. Nothing we do is complete, which is another way of saying that the kingdom always lies beyond us. No statement says all that could be said. No prayer fully expresses our faith. No confession brings perfection. No pastoral visit brings wholeness. No program accomplishes the Church's mission. No set of goals and objectives includes everything. This is what we are about. We plant seeds that one day will grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide yeast that produces effects beyond our capabilities. We cannot do everything, and there is a sense of liberation in realizing that. This enables us to do something, and to do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity for God's grace to enter and do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that is the difference between the master builder and the worker. We are workers, not master builders. Ministers Not messiahs. We are prophets of a future not our own. This incredible poem is an excerpt from a homily written by Bishop Kin Utenter in 1979 for a celebration of departed priests. I think it beautifully encapsulates what it is like to work in the kingdom of God, with all its frustrations and blessings. But I especially love this bit. We cannot do everything, and there is a sense of liberation in realizing that. This enables us to do something, and to do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity for God's grace to enter and do the rest. We cannot do everything, but we can do something, and we can do it very well. That is what this series of episodes is all about, doing all we can to grow the kingdom of God. Welcome back to the Hacka Podcast. My name is Greg Hackathorn. This is the first of a series of episodes that we're going to be going through and talking about church systems. We're going to talk about what they are and why they are important. These episodes will be separate from the regular weekly episodes that I will be sharing Uh, And they also might be a little bit shorter in duration. Now with that, let's dive into today's topic. In Genesis 41, we find the somewhat familiar story known as Pharaoh's dream. One night, as the Bible records, while Pharaoh is sleeping, he began to dream. In his dream, he saw seven fat cows grazing near the Nile River And then seven ugly and gaunt cows appear from the Nile and stand next to them. The seven gaunt cows then eat the seven fat cows. Pharaoh woke up from that dream. He was startled by what he had just experienced. But sometime later, as you do, he managed to fall back to sleep. Then he had a similar dream. However, this time, instead of it being cows, it was ears of corn. These dreams really troubled Pharaoh. So he decided to do what what most wise men would do during his time. He asked the magicians and wise men of Egypt to interpret his dream. Now when they had to listen to his dream, they were just as confused as Pharaoh. They were unable to interpret the dream. They were perplexed by this. And standing off to the side... Uh, seeing all this take place is Pharaoh's cheap cupbearer, and he finally speaks up, and he talks to Pharaoh about uh, this guy that he encountered in prison that was able to interpret his dreams. He was a Jew that was in prison, and a few years back, two years ago, he had interpreted his dreams that while he was in prison, and those dreams came to pass exactly as he had interpreted them. So, Pharaoh hears this and he calls for Joseph. And Joseph is able to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh with the help of the Lord. The two different dreams were actually one and the same. The seven fat cows, cows or corn represented seven years of abundance. And those years would be followed by seven years of famine represented by the gaunt cows and corn. The famine was going to be so severe that the years of abundance would be completely forgotten in Egypt. When Joseph had finished interpreting the dream, he said this in verse 33 of Exodus 41, and this is going to be the basis of this series of episodes. He says this, "...now let Pharaoh look for a man discerning and wise, and let him set over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh take action to appoint overseers in charge of the land." And let him exact a fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven years of abundance. Then let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming, and store up the grain for food in the cities under Pharaoh's authority, and let them guard it. Let the food become as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which will occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land will not perish during the famine." You see, Joseph laid out an entire strategy and a plan for Pharaoh. He didn't just interpret his dream, but he said, this dream uh, needs to lead to some action. There needs to be a plan put in place. The strategy wasn't separate to the dream, but it helped to make the dream worthwhile. God was sending this dream to Pharaoh as a warning, and if there was no plan put in place, then that warning would have fallen on deaf ears. Think about it this way. Pharaoh was given a dream, and the dream was even interpreted through a supernatural occurrence. You know, God interpreted the dream through Joseph. This was the supernatural taking place. But Egypt would have still been starving in seven years if systems were not put in place to ensure that the dream wasn't for naught. And I think we can apply this to our lives, because God may have given you a dream for your city, for your ministry, and even for your personal life, but the dream is not going to be fulfilled on its own accord. The dream is not going to fulfill itself. It must be accompanied by systems so that you can maximize what God wants to do in you and through you. Having a dream is great, but if there are no systems in place, if you're not taking any action uh, on that dream, then it's never going to become a reality in your life. It's always going to be just a dream. Sometimes we can overlook the value of systems in our church, in our life, because they don't feel spiritual or they require work that is not within our personality. But God values systems. It may not be within your personality to hunker down and put in a five-step plan or to put in a process. You might be a people person. You might be someone uh, who enjoys uh, creativity, an artist, but systems are important because God values systems. Just look at how he created this world. It is organized by systems. From the universe all the way down to the human body we see systems put in place by god paul even recognized this when he compared the church the body of christ to the human body he wrote to the church in rome for just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function so we who are many are one body in christ and individually members one of another Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. That was Romans chapter 12 verses 4 to 8. You see how Paul highlights different individuals and their gifts? He encouraged them to use those gifts to empower the body of Christ. Not everyone is the same. Not everyone is a preacher. Not everyone is a singer. Um, Not everyone is a prophet. Not everyone is a teacher. Not everyone is uh, someone who is going to be a leader. But we all have gifts, we all have abilities, and it is important that we use those gifts to empower the body of Christ. I love that because with this attitude, everyone can have an impact in the kingdom of God if they are given the ability to use their gift. And too often we limit the capability of every member being able to contribute because we are unable to find space for them to use their gifting In the current way that we do church often we limit the opportunities of people within our church within our systems because uh, we don't have things set up for them to succeed for them to um, use their gifts to empower the body of Christ and that is where systems come in so what is a system when we talk about systems what am i referring to exactly Well, according to Nelson Searcy, the author of The Eight Systems of a Healthy Church, a system is an ongoing process that saves you stress, time, energy, and money, and continues to produce results. That right there should convince you to (laughs) get involved in systems. It saves you stress, time, energy, and money, all the while continuing to produce results. Systems don't have to be complicated. In fact, you probably already have a number of systems in place for Sunday, whether you realize it or not. And so the goal of this episode and this, this series of episodes to follow is just to spark thought and to encourage you to look at church from a different perspective. I by no means have all the answers. I'm learning and growing alongside you. All I'm doing is highlighting uh, different systems that we can look at and uh, you know, trying to Explain what we have done at the Pentecostals of Sydney, and also challenge you to uh, look at things from a different perspective. Look at your church, look at what you do from a different point of view. So I'll give you an example of a system that everyone has at their church already. It's the weekend service system or the worship planning system. You may not call it that. You may just call it your Sunday services or your weekend services, but Over time, you would have developed a process as to how you conduct your worship services. There's a fixed service time and a structure that you follow. People aren't just meeting anytime that they want, but you have a a set time for the service to start. There's a structure you've put in place. You have a few songs picked out before the service. You probably have a designated worship leader, singers, and musicians. Typically, there are announcements as well and an offering. uh, You can't have a service without an offering, and then followed by preaching and likely an altar call, especially if you're in a Pentecostal service, there's going to be an altar call. That's an example of a system. There's a system put in place. You have set times, you pick out singers, you pick out musicians, worship leader, a preacher, and you probably have some sort of roster, you have announcements that are gathered before the service so you have a system put in place there whether it's completely spelled out you may already do that you may not do that but that is an example of a system and according to the experts there are seven or eight different systems that every church should have today I'll only be listing the systems along with a short uh, description of each but in further episodes we will be looking at each system And we will offer some questions or ideas to help you further develop your own system in your local church. And again, I'm not coming at this as some sort of grand expert that has everything solved, but I'm coming at it from the angle of someone who has been involved in doing this for the last 11 years, making changes, seeing some things succeed, seeing some things fail, but offering you what I've learned along the way uh, and some uh, knowledge that I can pass along to you. So here are a few of the systems. There's the Sunday service system, we just mentioned that, how we plan, structure, and execute our Sunday services. There's the evangelism system, the way we attract people to attend our church. The assimilation discipleship system, this is the process by which we take people from being a first time guest to a disciple of Christ. This is an extremely important process that you have to have. You have to have this system in your church. There's a volunteer system, how we get people involved in serving others, a giving system, how we develop and encourage giving, a leadership development system, how we develop leaders within the church, and then a strategic system, which is the way that we evaluate our systems for constant improvement and growth. So there's a system even to how you uh, continue to develop your systems, how you look at your systems. And again, as I said, we will be breaking these down, uh, giving examples, going through it, and uh, hopefully we can uh, help you along the way here. God has given each one of us a dream, but it is up to us to make sure that we are doing our due diligence to maximize the opportunities that we are given to make that dream a reality. And that's why... I'm wanting to do these series of episodes. It's so that we can all maximize our dream. Our pastors have been given dreams. There's leaders that have been given dreams for say their departments or different organizations that they are running. And it is up to us. It is up to us to make sure that we maximize the opportunities that we are given. Just as we read at the beginning of this episode, We cannot do everything. And there is a sense of liberation in realizing that. This enables us to do something and to do it very well. We need to do something and do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way. And it is an opportunity for God's grace to enter and do the rest. We're all about creating opportunities for God's grace to do a work in somebody's life. I hope you'll join me over the next few weeks as we explore how we can better serve God and others through the development of systems in our churches. Well, thank you for joining me today on the Hacka Podcast. I pray that it has been a blessing to you. If it has, please uh, do share it with a friend and encourage them to follow the podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as, as a number of other platforms. If you have any questions or if you just want to reach out, uh, it could be questions about systems, it could just be you reaching out to me or giving some ideas of things that we can consider and have a look at, you can send an email to contactus at hacka.org, H-A-C-K-A dot Thank you again for your time today and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Hacker Podcast.